never going to market a vaccine, allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PREP Act and the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today on a very important and, and sad, I guess sad's not the right word, disappointing show today. And it's just because of something that we've seen coming this entire time. And this isn't even actually technically new in the context of how quickly things move today. This happened at, sort of at the end of last month. I'm surprised that I didn't see this. I mean, I saw this, but putting this together with the clip we played in the beginning there. It's disappointing to see that we've seen something coming this entire time. And not to say that people haven't pushed back enough. I believe that we've done... I, th I think that what people are doing in this chat in this community, independent media have 100% stopped, if slowed down, if not stopped what they're doing, which never means they're going to stop entirely, right? We just effectively put it to a halt. Now they'll circle back later and achieve it a thousand different ways. They'll continue to try is the point. And that we've seen that in foreign policy. We've seen that specifically with COVID-19. We're seeing a transition now, you know, mission creep style into a, a lot of different things. But the clip that we opened there with today is so incredibly important. We've we're, people are confused, especially those that don't really question what we're being what they're being told by the government. Why things have happened the way they have? Why have they claimed they have an approved community version, and why has that not been used yet? Why is Spikevax approved for Moderna now? Why is that not being used yet? Both of which are just the same name, technically the same thing, even though they're not. And I've made that clear before small differences, probably large differences we don't know about, but community being Pfizer, Moderna, Spikevax being Moderna. So on the technical side of it, they're, you know, they're technically approved, but neither of them are being used. So that's the first marker. So they're approved. Then, as he points out, if they can get them recommended for children. It's seemingly where we are right now. So I'd like to talk about that today and make it very clear to people why, how incredibly off the rails this is just in this part around children, but to try to rally people to take some action today, because we need to stand up for something to, for this in particular, to protect the children from what's happening, because that is a means to an end for them to make sure that they'll, there's, they have indemnity for everybody. They have immunity they're, you know, a shield, as he put it, immunity shield for, for, for anything that may happen out there, whether you can later prove they knew it could happen and so on. It gets alarming, more so than it's been this entire time. Now, we're also going to talk today about some interesting things I'm going to start with, in fact, that were statements being made. 
that just continue to show you that not that we should take their statements at face value at any point because of what we've learned throughout this process, but how crazy it is we can see very high-level people state things that we were moments ago told were just clownish, ridiculous fake news, censoring people, laughing people out of their, you know, everything we've seen this this far. Myocarditis is a great example, Bell's palsy, blood clots, all these things were ridiculous until they were shown to be the, the facts. And then they pedal it back and say, it's very, very rare. We can prove in that moment it's not very rare, but they just kind of hold strong right there. Regardless, they said fake news, then it became a reality. Conspiracy fact, theory, conspiracy theory becomes conspiracy fact. We've continued to see this. Now, this is one around the origin discussion. Now, I'm very aware, of, as I've expressed many times in many shows, of how this is, it, it, the, whether or not it came from a lab, is still being used to manipulate. It is still a version of a limited hangout. Because there's a big difference between a lab leak, a bioweapon, an accident, of, you know, someone th- stealing something and releasing it, someone trying to frame somebody else. There's a lot of possibilities within there that just get lumped into, oops, it slipped out of the lab, no one's fault, or, you know, how the partisan want to make it about one guy or the other and not all of them together involved in what happened at the Wuhan lab. But it's really interesting to see the statements being made about whether these things came not from the Wuhan lab, not from a Chinese lab, but from a U.S. bio lab is the statement being made from the former Lancet Chief Commission uh, chair for COVID-19. Now, that's nobody's out there saying that other than independent media that's been talking about this from the beginning, saying that that seems like the most likely possibility based on everything we can see. And, and that's it's possible as well that this started somewhere else and was outsourced to Wuhan lab. And that is still includes the United States government. That includes a lot of different people and includes China as well. But the statements just don't seem to line up. So why are they not trusting the experts? Why aren't they trusting the science, right? Because these are people that are involved in their process. I don't see CNN and Fox News pointing this out. Why is that happening? And we're also going to talk about the immune system discussion. As we keep telling people, as not because of the other experts that have the courage to stand up, Dr. McCullough is out there, the people out there that are telling you this is hurting your immune system. Every single thing you do, booster after booster, it gets worse and worse. It only compounds. The problems you have before will only exponentially get worse, whether it's cancers or everything else. And now you have a corporate media report that says, I think it was Israel. In my mind, I'm thinking either EU or Israel. We'll get to it in a second, where they say they just reported that if you take boosters too fast, then it will hurt your immune system. I almost fell out of my chair. I'm thinking, wait, that's exactly what we're talking about. Now, whether you want to make it about the timing between the boosters, where you're still trying to argue that they're a positive, that still shows you what we're talking about. That is killing your immune system, whether it's because of the time frame or because the boosters are dangerous. Now, I say it in that case because it's just getting to the point that they're hurting people. But the data, the facts, the science back up that it's not just because of the timing. It's because these things are dangerous. Now we're going to go into this. It's probably going to be shorter than usual just because I made sure I actually kicked off a whole bunch of stuff for tomorrow about about the great reset direction, some really creepy electric um one of them was a uh electric company literally breaking into someone's home and turning off their power even though it turns out that they're not their customer. This is the kind of stuff this is where this stuff seems to be going. We'll get to that tomorrow. Today we're going to focus on this these three specific topics because this is really important. So the first thing we're going to start off with is this origin discussion. Now, this was shared by Arnaud Bertrand. Thank you so much for sharing this. A really important, we're going to get to the things he posted in a minute, but I'd like to play this. This, I just shared it from him. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. I was going to point to his name. 
Am I crazy? It always shows the person's name, you know, right there below it. It says shared by this person when you share the, the video. Because I didn't just download the video. I literally clicked on his and shared it from his. Anyway, that's strange. Maybe they're trying not to show you who it came from because he's sharing truth in Twitter. Who knows? But anyway, back to the point. This is Professor Jeffrey Sachs. And he's, I'll play the clip for you right now where he says he's, he was the chair on the COVID commission for the Lancet for two years. And he is pretty convinced it came out of a U.S. lab of biotechnology. Right. So not not a Chinese lab where U.S. government is involved. No, a U.S. lab. Very different. So listen to it for yourself. And then we could talk about it. I'll add one provocative statement. We could take it up later. It may shock you or not shock you. Or you may say, I already know that, Professor Sachs. But I chaired a commission for the Lancet for two years on covid I'm pretty convinced it came out of uh, U.S. lab biotechnology, not out of nature, just to mention after two years of intensive work on this. So it's now the first point is the differentiation between just random occurrence, which, by the way, again, in the very beginning was laughable fake news. You're so stupid. You can't believe you think this came out of a lab and people like us and Spiro, for example right out of the gate. We weren't saying we know this because that'd be dumb because we didn't know that. We didn't have the evidence. We had theories. But we used the historical discussion to frame this for people and said, look at all the history of biological research and, and accidental release and all this different stuff. However you want to look at it, the point was, could this have come from a lab? And that was too early for them. They said, you're too crazy conspiracy theory. Get out of here. You guys are ridiculous. Censored, blocked, suppressed. Then at, with no new data, just like with the mass conversation, they just on a dime said, these ones are now bad and these ones are now good. They come up and said, well, now we think it's okay to talk about. Then all of a sudden the floodgates opened and now, but only lab leak, not bioweapon, not, not, not false flag, not, you know, any other version it could be an accidental, oops, we made a mistake kind of thing, which in that conversation should be had about why that's happening at all the gain of function, you know, there's so many levels to this. It's, it's all bad. The whole program, the whole direction, stemming all the way back to Dr. Ishii from Japan and World War II is where, just like the Nazi conversation, it all came from World War II. We scooped up all the bad things we said we were fighting and made it our own, made it their own, the government. Look this stuff up. I've been in whole shows on this. Dr. Ishii was doing some horrific biological research, open living experiments on people with virus. It's crazy stuff. They just made it their own. That's the basis for our biosecurity program today or bio experimentation program. But there's so many different angles to take. But what he's differentiating between right there is that it's not from nature. But what he says is not a Chinese lab or just a biological lab. He says a U.S. biological lab, not just bio U.S. lab, but a, a U.S. biological lab. It's important, the differentiation, because what he's telling you there is that this is something in his research that came from something the U.S. government was working on. Now, then you have to ask yourself, could it have been intentional? Could it have been something to frame somebody else for, which they've done many times in the past with other versions, other types of things, other weapons? It's not crazy to ask this question. I'm not saying just like in the beginning, right? Where we weren't saying we can prove that it came from a lab. We were simply framing the discussion with, at, with evidence of the past to say, could this be possible? And turned out, at least they admit, which doesn't make it the fact, that that was something we should discuss. So here we are again, where experts are saying that that's possible. Different, you know, deviating from the Wuhan China bad guy narrative. So why can't we ask if it was more than that? 
you know the answer that we should and we are doing that. And that's why we're going to be censored now, because we just are at the current state of the conversation, not where they're dragging in behind and trying to frame it with propaganda. They don't like when we're ahead of their story, which is always what we try to do. So let's continue. The blunder, in my view, a U.S. lab biotechnology, not out of nature, just to mention after two years of intensive work on this. So it's a blunder, in my view, of biotech, not an accident of a natural spillover. Meaning a blunder still means accident, in my opinion. So he's still kind of saying they made a mistake. They're working on dangerous things. They shouldn't have been is sort of his implication. And it just got, it, it somehow got out. So it don't seem like he's really putting his finger on they just made a mistake. He's just simply a blunder could mean that they, you know, they, somebody was able to sneak it out of the lab and use it as a weapon. There's plenty of ways you could look at this, but that's a very big statement to make. Not an accident of a natural spillover. We don't know for sure. I should be absolutely clear, but there's enough evidence that it should be looked into and it's not being investigated, not in the United States, not anywhere. And I think for real reasons that they don't want to look underneath the uh, uh, underneath the the rug. Exactly. And you see, this is the main part of it. Nobody's looking into that. This is a guy who is on the team that's telling basically laying the groundwork or the, you know, trailblazing for the people that are supposed to be researching. and, And he's telling you, look, we the research, the evidence points in this direction. So explain for me why nobody's looking into that. Now, look, I'm not trying to give credence to this to act like this is what the where it all comes from. It could be. This is a possibility, just like it was in the beginning. But think about what it shows you, arguing from within their narrative sort of thing. This is one of their experts who is saying from the, his whole, for two years of this it came, that his opinion came from a U.S. lab and somehow got out. And nobody's looking into that. Everyone's focused over at Wuhan, focused on China doing this and China doing that. Now, that's also a possibility, and we should be doing that. But the fact that nobody's looking into this is, is the silence is deafening. Now, I also think it's interesting to consider how the evolution of the narrative has continued. He seems to be suggesting that they're trying to hide the larger agenda. Think about what that would ultimately mean. In my opinion, that means that there's more collaboration than we're talking about. That China and the U.S. both collectively are trying to keep some major general focus under that rug. Well, playing the game and saying, you did this and you did that, probably all planned. Just, just throwing it out there, right? I don't know that for sure. But if you look at the way this has been developing, obviously they've been working on these labs for a long time. And when Trump came out and shut down the Wuhan lab, there was like six or seven other labs doing the same thing in China with the U.S. government. So it was an illusion, guys. That shows you that there is action being taken to make it look like things are stopping when they're continuing. Just like gain of function was stopped in 2014, when it was just kicked over to China. Then all of a sudden it was stopped in 2022 when they called it EPPP research. Oops, we're just calling it something new. So no longer, they're they're, they're treating you like you're six years old and you're not that stupid. I don't believe any of you are that stupid. This is ridiculous. So what we are staring at is the example of how he sees as an expert that there's more going on here. Now, what does that mean for the future? It to me means that they're going to continue to do these horrific experiments, which, by the way, they're doing it in front of us right now under this guise of fighting COVID and new vaccines and universal vaccines. It's the same stuff. These are bioweapon level research that they claim leads to protection. Now, you may believe that they believe that. You may believe that's the truth. 
People like Dr. Boyle would tell you that they've never thought that, and it's always been about weapons, looking at things like insect allies programs from the past, when scientists stand up and say, no, that's not for defense, that's a weapon that you're calling defense. It's the same thing. So we need to ask this question and ask, what happens if we don't really dig into this? Now, I know that the lab discussion of this is something that people are very resistant to for obvious reasons, but don't ignore it. Question everything. Be resistant to things, especially when we think that they're part of some psyop and agenda. But look at it, because I believe that there's more to this. I mean, it's very possible that this very well did come from something. Let's just say, let's just pull one out of the bag. There's a lot of possibilities. Say the U.S. government, and let's tie in the one that we talked about right in the beginning, right? That the U.S. government either accidentally or intentionally brought this over to the military games in China, which, by the way, there were people that were sick there. We've proven this many times. There was even a recent article that just came out about that. There were people that were ill there with the weirdly the same symptoms we're talking about today. Why don't we put that together? There are people all over the United States in 2019 that were had the all sorts of things that were exactly even the ground glass opacity in the lungs. They just stopped talking about. They said it was the flu. It was a cold. No, it was very interestingly the same as what we're dealing with today, which, by the way, probably was the flu. My point is they're hiding this because it correlates. But so you to go back to the military games. Could it have been that they dragged this over like they accidentally let things out of Fort Detrick many times? Could it have been that they planned to do that so they could blame it on China? Maybe they both went in to do it together so they could start this whole thing. These are all very possible. But if we choose not to look at the lab part of it, then we're missing an entire piece in that. Now, you could add in the uh, germ theory, terrain theory conversation. And I think that's one of the biggest blocks for some people to not consider this side of it because you've just already made the decision. And maybe you're right that that's not possible, right? But what if it's something else entirely? What if we're just using the word virus and they're still doing something and it's still hurting people? And because we focused on that, we're not acknowledging new possibilities, right? There's a lot of ways to look at this. Let's not put blocks in front of us when there's information developing. In any case, it's amazing to watch how this stuff continues to fall apart. And they say the things that we're not supposed to say or we were censored for saying moments ago. Now, here's Arand Bertrand where he lists the same thing. He plays this out and he gives the full video, which, by the way, is right here. You can listen to it for yourself. I'll add one provocative statement. So you can see it's the same one. On, by the way, on a quick side note, let me know if the microphone is loud or too loud or too, too soft. Same thing as before. Um, post the YouTube video. Also post this to make sure this, I just, I respect this so much. People that actually care about posting what source material to back up what they're saying. Here he is as the chair from Columbia University on the Lancet COVID-19 commission, right? It's amazing that what are you going to call him an anti-science fringe conspiracy theorist that doesn't believe in science? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's what would have happened if he came out early and did this. But he says, to those who argue, he said U.S. lab biotechnology instead of a U.S. lab of biotechnology. Please go and check your hearing. He clearly says, because he's being attacked, of course, in the comments, like anybody that puts any valid thing out there. He says a U.S. lab. That's unarguable. The of is more muffled. I hear it, but I can consent, can deceive. I, 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 he's right. Try, listen to it for yourself. It's very, very clear. Now, the next one in the same vein is the immunity discussion. And this one is just baffling to me. As I said, conspiracy theory becomes conspiracy fact. This is not even a new video. And yet this all continues. And for infants, no less. That's where we get into the next part. Stand up for your children now, guys, because it, as I said before, that is no longer an option, which sadly, we feel I feel like we're on the doorstep right now. Now, that doesn't mean no options in general. It just means no options when it comes to the process, you, the, the way, the, the, the system we live in. 
if they create a situation where they argue that they're completely removed from liability and these are, they claim approved and they're forcing them on everybody. Now this gets real crazy, real fast, more so than we are right now. But listen to this, as they're telling you right now that these are being used on children under five years old. And on top of everything else we've already talked about, not just for children, but for anybody taking these things, the risks that they tell you aren't there. This is a corporate news report that's telling you it was the, the uh, European Union, not Israel, I said in the beginning. European Union is saying, let's pump the brakes on these boosters because it's hurting people's immune systems. And yet we are still being censored for talking about these things hurting your immune system. I mean, this just gets more and more stupid and ridiculous every single day. I believe this is the one side I didn't put the titles on these. Let's see. Yep, there it is. Regulators are warning that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune system and may not be feasible. The European Medicines Agency says repeat doses every four months could eventually weaken people's immune systems. They want more time between booster programs tied to the onset of cold weather. Israel has already begun a fourth dose program with about 400,000 people getting the jab. So we already talked about this, right? This, this is the, the idea that they can come out and say that, and it's not, it's disregarded entirely. Like, think about it like this. This is not just one country. This is the European Union. So that means that they're, as a collective, they are saying, yeah, we kind of don't feel this is right. But one country, the United States over here says, nah, we don't care what you're saying because you're apparently all anti-science now, the entire European Union. I mean, it just, it just can't get more stupid. So we then go on and talk about the realities of this, and it continues to be shouted down. We've already talked about a lot of this. Here's one of the ones I did. This is February 12th from this year. Deep dive, vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome, otherwise called VADES, HIV insert in the SARS-CoV-2 discussion, and the aftermath. This is, an, this is a good one that ties in a lot of different stuff, but the point simply is that it doesn't, you don't have to associate this with the idea, you should, by the way, but you don't have to associate it with the idea of HIV or AIDS. It simply is an idea of acquiring an immune deficiency. Your body is not working properly because of these injections. And there's a corporate news report and the entire European Union saying the things they're telling people to take, forcing on children now, in fact, are hurting your immune system at the schedule you're giving them. Now, you don't have to take them at their fa at face value. You can disregard that. There is science peer reviewed that's telling you the same damn thing. It's just I, I can't even wrap my mind around how the FDA and the CDC keep pushing this forward. I mean, I know why and how it's happening, but why people can't. Let's see, again, I keep falling into that trap. My, my question should be now, why isn't everybody marching through the streets? Why isn't everybody absolutely overwhelmed, fed up with how obvious this is and that we see it, your neighbor sees it? People that talk about it, they're posting, we're discussing it. Other scientists and experts from their circles are saying it. And yet they just told you it's forced on kids. They just discussed how New York is saying, yeah, we're going to make sure we keep the mandates for schools. This is real deal. I am not calling for violence, but something needs to turn here, guys, because this is just, I, it, this doesn't seem it matters. I mean, there's only so, I mean, for, I go out as much as I can and do things in the real world, but this is also a very important part of this, but it has to go further than just this. We need to put our foot down. Here's another one. HIV AIDS compared SARS-CoV-2. Looking at, the, looking at the, the, the interaction and the discussion of the HIV AIDS when it was happening compared to currently now the SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 discussion. Discussing really whether they're actually related. 
whether there's more between those two things or another story happening, vaccine side effects, things given to treat the idea which caused the thing they then call the problem. And then it says DARPA's immune system focused bioweapon agenda. Like that goes back a step to, to, to point out something that should be very alarming. They have an interesting program that was literally designed to do what? Exactly what these injections seem to be accidentally doing. Just suppressing your immune system. So there's a lot of things you could throw in there that could be not even related. It could be that this was something they were testing that got out of control and it was an accident. Or it could be something that was used and it went out of control. Or even crazier, they just want what's happening right now. Which, you know, that's a hard one for me to wrap my mind around because what's the end game here? It's hurting people that are listening to them and and, peop- and it seems to be missing the people that don't listen to them. So it's like the opposite of what you they would you would expect. But the bottom line is the government's advanced research program was working on something that literally does exactly what this is doing to people, destroying your immune system. So why doesn't, why wouldn't that be an open conversation? And then we have the evidence from this study, which we've shown many times. One of them, there's more than one, one that came after this that reconfirmed this again, but the discussion of what this is doing. I first saw it from Ezra Levant's tweet, just to point that out again. So he, this is an important, it's always important to give the credit for where it came from. But here is the uh, actual image close up so you can see it. Oops. There we go. And this is the same point. This was, I mean, th- this is the absurdity of showing you not only that this, the efficacy they claim, which is redu- re- relative risk reduction, is well below what it's supposed to be for even emergency authorization, but it's basically meaningless. Even at 55.2% relative risk reduction, that is 55.2 relative to what the other two, uh, what was it, to the, to the compared to someone who didn't have it kind of a thing. And so it's just relative to that. It's not actually 55% reduction. I mean, let's, you know what, since I have it, and I they feel like that wasn't a great explanation, let's just play this. Pfizer reported that its vaccine shows a 95% efficacy. That sounds like it protects you 95% of the time, right? But that's not actually what that number means. That 95% refers to the relative risk reduction, but it doesn't tell you how much your overall risk is reduced by vaccination. For that, we need absolute risk reduction. In the Pfizer trial, eight out of 18,198 people who were given the vaccine developed COVID-19. In the unvaccinated placebo group, 162 people got it, which means that even without the vaccine, the risk of contracting COVID-19 was extremely low at 0.88%, which the vaccine then reduced to 0.04%. So the net benefit or the absolute risk reduction that you're being offered with a Pfizer vaccine is 0.84%. That 95% number, that refers to the relative difference between 0.88% and 0.04%. That's what they call 95% relative risk reduction. And relative risk reduction is well known to be a misleading number, which is why the FDA recommends using absolute risk reduction instead, which begs the question, how many people would have chosen to take the COVID-19 vaccines had they understood that they offered less than 1% benefit? That's pretty hard to miss. Now, think about that. Uh, oops, I was looking down the line. Think about that in the context of what this is showing you, right? So if you're at 55.2 relative risk reduction, which is that's what that is, that's, that's so it showed 0.4, I believe it was 0.04, 0. 0.04 or 0.4, something like very small with a 95% relative risk reduction. So that's obviously less when it goes to 55% relative risk reduction and absolute being the point, being point something or point four, like meaningless. Then it goes down to 16 after 30 days. 
And it goes down to nine after 60 days. 9% relative risk. That's, that is not on even on the scale. But the point is it goes to negative 76. Your immune system is reversing. You are increasing your risk of illness after 90 days if you've jumped in this cycle of booster shots. That's exactly what that EU corporate media report was just saying. So how is it possible this is con- fake news? Give it to children. Right. And it doesn't have to be that we just have to bank on that one E report. My point is using that to show you that even the corporate media is now saying it. We've shown you the scientific studies that back this up, the peer reviewed studies. It's amazing, isn't it? How we've come this far and the trust the science crowd are the most anti-science people we can find. It's all about the one observational quick things they can find to just say what they want and they ignore all the peer reviewed science these days. It's hilarious. It's actually disgusting and macabre, but it's ridiculous. It's funny in its own light because of how ridiculous these people have become. But my God, they're destroying people's immune systems. It's that simple. Now, here is Mayor Eric Adams, who is saying what seems to sound like we are going to find a way to mandate this for kids in New York. Here's here's just to jump ahead quick. COVID news. Very young children in New York City finally get their vaccine shots. A pandemic milestone. Oh, thank God. Right. Thank God we can give them something they don't need that they're not at risk from that will dramatically increase their risk. Yay. What is wrong with people? So here's what he's saying. When you say vaccination, you're talking about um, is it going to be mandatory or not? Yes, we, we are still we're, we're meeting, we're discussing to come up with the best way to do it. Uh, we want to, we want to do it in a way uh, that is thoughtful. And that is not going to decrease our number of students who are in schools. But So the best way to do it sounds pretty clear to me. But the way he goes on adds some doubt. But you can decide for yourself. Dr. Fasan is and the team is really flushing through. And we want to notify parents as early as possible so that they can be prepared. And with, within the next uh, few weeks, we know exactly how we're going to move. have a requirement, how do you increase rates among children? How do you increase rates among children is the question. Like these people are sycophants. Like why are you so desperate? What what is the argument here? Are they so convinced that they're all dying? That's That's not happening. Like that's the craziest part about it. Their own data shows meaningless numbers of hospitalization, barely little deaths, if that's even what's happening. Because remember, there's all sorts of, I'll go into it next. But with the numbers they claim, it's non-existent. And I'll go into that as well, the actual stats. So we all know they're not actually in danger. They hype up some kind of illusion of future problems that they can't prove. And the data shows it's the opposite. Like, again, it's becoming ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But all her questions, how do we increase children? How do we get the kids? How do we get the kids? There's something going on here, guys. And I'm going to show you the last part here, which I alluded to in the beginning, which is what I think this is really about. And this is sinister in my mind. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody there understands what they're doing is sinister. They may think that they've been, they're convinced because the CDC said. And these mindless stenographers that they pretend to be journalists, they actually, in some cases, believe they're doing the right thing because they make sure it's sort of the manufacturing consent argument, right? This has been cultivated, like the military, like the police force, like politicians, it's been cultivated. So over the years, these so-called journalists actually think Doing research is listening to what the government tells them. Actually think doing research into medicine or, or vaccines is listening to what the CDC and the FDA tell them they're supposed to be saying. Except the reality has always been that their job is to challenge those statements, to question them, to research and show if they're being lied to, to protect us from the powerful. But that's not even remotely what they're doing. That's what's frustrating. 
How do we get it in the children's arms? Go! <laughs> person should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, you know, we're hoping, and Dr. Prasad can talk about that more, this is his expertise. Uh, we're hoping that parents are going to see the full benefits of the vaccine the way we see it in others. Smallpox, measles, mumps, and... Okay, so again, this is how this gets such... This is comical in a really sad, sad macabre way. What's the point from the very beginning has been, it's your choice. We're not going to force it on anybody except mandates for kids and all the other things they pretend aren't that, which is ridiculous, but they pretend we're not forcing everybody. You can quit your job. You can go move somewhere. But that, but the point is guys, they have continued to put it out there. Everyone knows it's there. They're at the point where they're literally pushing out other useless and I shouldn't say, you know, other things that are dangerous and not made to, for the current thing in front of us, new versions of this Omicron focused and so on. So the point is, everyone has had the opportunity to say no. And a lot of people have. So what do you mean, try to con to show them this or show them? We've already said no, bud. We've already said we don't want this. We see it. You've yelled at us the science you think is the reality. We've shown you the peer-reviewed science and you yell us down. We don't care. We, we Look, we could be wrong. That's certainly possible. But we've still said no. We've still said we don't want it. We hear your points. We don't agree. The point was, no has never been an option. They're going to keep doing this and keep wearing people down until one by one, they force people into it, force them out of their jobs, can't feed your family, can't get on the bus, can't go see your grandmother, over and over and over until they wear people down. That's not choice, guys. That is aggressive totalitarianism hidden by an illusion of choice. This is alarming kind of stuff. But at this point, we're going to, we hope the parents see what we want them to see. You mean for the 50,000th time? I just, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. We are a society where vaccines have played a major role in preventing the spread of these viruses and diseases. But uh, yeah, you know, that's very questionable. Now I have my own opinions about the nuance of the middle of that conversation, but we've talked about this. Plenty of experts have called out the th discussions of polio, smallpox, and how you can prove that it's questionable at the very least that the administration was in fact the reason this stopped happening, that there was already a natural decline in cases before it rose back up with the administration and then went back down and they go, hey, success. Now it could have been, I don't think so. I've looked at this extensively, but the way that we just keep bullying in the ideas that they want, just like with foreign policy, Syria and gas attacks and they bomb children. None of these things are true because the facts have shown otherwise, even from act people like Robert Fisk, who, you know, I, I believe he passed away. I, I hope I'm not mis. I just jumped in my head just now. Didn't we just talk about that anyway? I hope I didn't just misquote that. But the point was that this is a, a person that was on their side, arguably, that came out and said, that's not true. We've got plenty of evidence showing you that they've lied about Yemen, lied about Syria, lied about Iraq, lied about everything. But they just keep jamming those narratives in. I mean, there are genuinely people that would argue with you that there were WMDs in Iraq. Like, think about how dumb that would be today. But there are people that are still going, well, I don't know. I think there's more to the story. No, there wasn't. <laughs> they lied to you. It's been proven. But over time, it gets muddled. It gets drifts into the background. But here we are because vaccines work and that's all. But how about the fact that all the things you're pointing at from before aren't even the same technology? This, isn't, this is arguably not even a vaccine based on any metric other than your made up de definitions since COVID has started. But yeah, because those things that don't relate to this, take it. Um, our goal is to really educate parents as much as possible, put money in a public relation campaign. Educate parents. So tell them what we want them to do. And and when they feel like they've got a different opinion based on even if they're the most educated person on the planet, we're going to go, you're wrong. So we're going to tell you what to think and come back tomorrow. Educate you. That's what that means. And and then give money to the programs for the things that we don't want. And 
and try to get parents to really be a part of this team of getting our children vaccinated. You want to talk right. about so where in there is your choice for the person that doesn't want it? Who doesn't want the kid to have it? What about the people that can't have it or the kid risks because your kid's immunocompromised and their own data shows you they don't know if that's safe or any number of things that they just don't acknowledge. Doesn't matter. Get on our team so we can move forward. Like it's the way they frame it as if everyone's on the same side, except you, you random moron in the corner is an illusion. Most of this country is not on board with what they're doing. The data has shown that the facts, show, the, the percentages show that from the COVID-19 injections. Most of the world is like that right now. People got tricked. People got pushed into this. But now you look anywhere in the world. Most places, the fourth shot is bottomed out. Most places. Anything else? No, that's great. Um, pretty much whatever the mayor said. I mean, we're we're here to build confidence uh, amongst parents, which is why, particularly for our under five vaccine rollout, we've really leaned on pediatricians. And we want this to be, you know, incorporated into your normal conversations around making medical decisions for your child. I have three kids of my own. Right. So we really leaned on the pediatricians, right? Like, shouldn't this, why, why is it that the government has to lean on doctors? Shouldn't the doctors be shown the data and they can make their own decisions, you know, informed consent and all? Because informed consent involves the relationship between you and your doctor. The doctor's supposed to be telling you what he sees, she sees, and you're supposed to be responding with your choice. But no, they leaned on the pediatricians. That, the fact that they don't even realize that language is alarming is crazy. What do you mean you leaned on them? What are you, the mafia? I mean, my God, I can't get past how obvious this has become. So here's the, the New York Times article. Very young children in New York City finally get their vaccine shots. Pandemic milestone. Oh, so we're still in a pandemic? Didn't Fauci say we were out of the pandemic phase? Oh, I guess that doesn't matter, though, because we're always forever in a pandemic because that's what the world. We live in a biosecurity state right? It's just a pandemic forever because of the ongoing effects of whatever they want to point at. Tomorrow this, today that, it doesn't matter. We're in a pandemic forever. Sort of like we were in a war on terror and we still apparently are forever. Isn't that interesting how that works? In a city that was once the center of COVID-19. And don't forget that's because of the nursing homes that were like 70%. I don't want to make the wrong. I forget what it was actually. Give me in the chat if you remember the percentage, the breakdown of how much the nursing home deaths and hospitalizations were of the total in New York. It's crazy. It was definitely over 50%. I don't remember what it was. If you remember, throw it out in the chat. But think about how crazy that is that you can prove that. And then you can go back and realize that it was the way they did that and pushed them in positions that put them in unsafe circumstances. So was it COVID or was it the fact that they did all these terrible things? And then the crazier part of it was what that percentage of New York represented of the full picture of the United States. A huge portion. And yet we pretend it doesn't matter. It's like evening out the risk between every age group and acting like everyone's going to die, despite the fact that it was aggressively on people over 80. And that, again, is because of the nursing home situation. Round and round we go. But it says, a city that was once the center of COVID-19, many parents have been eager to vaccinate their youngest children. Like, where are these people? I know they exist, but where are these children eager to get them vaccinated? It just, it sounds disgusting to me, the idea that you're giving them something that we don't even know if it's safe for them. In fact, I should take that back. We know it's not safe for them. The CDC endorsed the shots over the weekend. Now, this is what started me on this discussion. I thought, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. The CDC endorsed this. This was on 20, this was yesterday, or excuse me, yesterday, the 28th, a couple days ago, a few days ago. I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, the CDC endorsed this. Isn't that, that's the secondary part of what we've been wait, we're talking about. And so it alarmed me. Now you can read this for yourself, but this is where this goes for me. This was on June 18th. Okay, so this was a couple weeks ago. 
I'm really surprised that I did not make this statement then because I feel like we talked about this. CDC recommends COVID-19 vaccines for young children. Now, doesn't that complete the problem? The approvals, even though we know that's not technically the, the reality of it, and then for them to recommend it for children. I, this is concerning for me. Now, today says that CDC Director Walensky endorsed the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommendation that all children six months through five years of age should receive a COVID vaccine. My God. I mean, even that meeting came out with things that should shock you. We, t- we played, I, let me see if I still have them lined up. We played both of these. These are shocking statements by them that literally say, we don't know how this works. We don't, we can't, we don't even have a provable correlation between antibodies being produced and actual protection. We just make the assumption that if antibodies are being produced, that you are protected. But we literally are talking about how they're making new things based on new variants because they're not working. I mean, it is, there's not a word that describes how dangerous, how villainous this seems to me. The fact that we are in real time watching this and can prove it. Let me see. I don't think I have them lined up. Well, let me see if I can grab them really quickly. I swear I had that in the, in the beginning. I mean, didn't I just play them yesterday? The <laughs> last show I did. But in any case, there, this, this was the last meeting and these are at the FDA meetings. Oh, here's the, here's the one, one of them. Now, how should we think of micrograms in terms of the amount of spike protein that's produced by the cells? Can you kind of clarify that? Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response. Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response. Sorry, I always forget that's going to come up. So, okay, so that's the meeting that she's talking about. So they have a meeting, and one of the main statements is that we don't have a full understanding of how this works. Technically, I take that back. These are two separate meetings, but the same process. So how does that make sense? You don't know how it works? Well, as long as they have some kind of response, then that's not science, guys. That's crazy. That's guessing. And then can you repeat the the second question? I mean, obviously, you have a lot of data now. What is your correlative protection is. Everybody's measuring antibodies. They're probably relevant, but as we know... That's a long question. We need a quick answer. (laughs) I would say there is no established correlate of protection. Thank you. That was a quick answer, Doctor. That guy moderating this is absolutely frustrating, and it seems like he's got an agenda. He always cuts these things off, but the guy's asking very clearly, like, yeah, antibodies are relevant, but what we're seeing... Oh, stop talking. What he was going to say is that that's not... We know is the point that that's not the only factor. T cell, memory B, things, that's a whole, there's a process to immunity. But on top of that, if you're making the wrong antibodies, it doesn't matter. It's dangerous. And this is something we've played many times. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody, and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce 
actually enhance the infection and make it worse. And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. People should not be it's it's I, mean, I, I I could play the third one, but you guys have seen it many times. There's lots of examples of this. So they know that's what's happening. And yet this is still being given force recommended for these young kids and for anybody for that matter. I feel like there's another point that I was making I lost, at the video play and I lost where I was going with that. But the bottom line is it's quite obvious to me that they're well aware what they're still giving people right now is dangerous. Now, this says this expands eligibility for vaccination to nearly 20 million additional children and means that all Americans age six months and older are now eligible for vaccination. Here's something interesting I just thought about. Now, since they just did that, shouldn't that change the uptake percentage? Of course not. It should, right? Because technically, all you just added 20 million people to the overall potential for who technically is considered fully vaccinated. Weird how it doesn't change, though, right? 67.5%. And, and by the way, that's barely moved, even with all the information and new people. People are not moving forward with this because people are concerned. The people that are, who got forced into it, people that even took their advice, are now struggling. That's how, We all see it. People are having weird problems. A lot of people are still lying to themselves. No, my heart problems and my heart and my, my blood clots and everything else has nothing to do with the things they say this thing can do. <laughs> that's a really dumb thing to think. You should at least go, could it be? But they're not. But the point is a lot of people out there that are actually were once buying this are going wide or why, you know, why are my teeth falling out? Why is my, my breath smell bad? Why am I having bacterial pneumonia every week with mask? You know, and on top of that, why am I having all these weird problems and rashes and side effects, and all these different things happening to me because these things are causing that or they can, we know that 20 million additional children, six months and older. God, COVID-19 vaccines have undergone and will continue to undergo the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. Like, I can't believe this is my point. You can prove that's not true. Like, it takes 30 seconds to prove, not even remotely. Just because they continue to argue, which, by the way, their argument proves that your experience was part of the test. Otherwise, I mean, the only way you could even bend that into the most extensive intensive is by arguing. And by the way, I just thought of that as well. The word intensive is probably how they're playing this game, that they can argue it's not necessarily the longest, most in-depth, but it's the most intensive, right? That's a gear, that's how they play this game. But the point is, you could show plenty of examples of two-plus-year safety testing of plenty of others in the past. Not even remotely did this even come close to that. But you could then pretend, well, it's been two-plus years, so that's a long time. Well, no, that you can't argue that the testing in the real world is part of your most intensive safety monitoring unless you admit that we were part of the test, because we were. But that's, they just keep yelling that. Most intensive or... No, it was skipped, it was fast, it was rushed, and you said that was for our safety, which I always laugh at. Dangerous things for your safety. Distribu distribution of pediatric vaccinations for these younger children has started across the country. Children in this younger age group can be vaccinated with whichever vaccine's available. <laughs> that sounds safe. Moderna, Pfizer. Don't forget, you can have multiple different kinds. One, two, one, two, and three. 
except they're different amounts. They're different freeze holding temperatures. There's different expiration dates. There's different technology involved or technically ingredients. But yeah, just intermix and match them like you're at the bargain bin. No big deal. <sighs> My God. And it says together with science leading the charge. What a weird statement. That's Walensky. We have taken another important step in our nation's fight against COVID-19. Okay, so a scientist, supposedly, a doctor, supposedly, of the, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I just don't respect them as these things because I don't, people like Fauci, for example, aren't practicing doctors. But my point is, together with science leading the charge, why would you say that? Does a cop come out and say, today, with policing leading the charge, we're going to take this action? No, you know they're a policeman, so you assume that it's about policing. She comes out and says that is a very telling statement. Science and science stuff, because we're scientists and this is science, here's what's happening. It's like, wow, did you want me to think about science there? This is about yelling you down about science, 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 when it's clearly not about science, because the data and the scientific peer-reviewed studies prove the opposite of what they're doing. But here again, just to reiterate this point, is why this is so alarming to me. CDC recommends COVID injections. Now, the point is, don't forget, Comirnaty is their approved version. It's not in circulation. They said it would be by November. They just dropped the conversation. They're still producing emergency authorized injections while they claim to have an approved version. What? Why doesn't that show everybody what they need to see? But my point is, guys, Ultimately, that means they have the approval checkmark for Pfizer. Then Moderna, which I was I was kind of shocked to see, which nobody talked about, at least for my, oh, I could tell, was apparently approved at the end of January this year. That's the Spike Fax, right? So Spike Fax is the is the community name version, like the brand name of the Moderna version. So both of them, they claim, are approved, yet neither of the approved versions are being used. Why? Because until they can recommend them for children, you can sue them if you use the approved version. But now, this last month, it seems that they got the recommendation. I guess we're just waiting for that step to be taken. Because at this point, if they do that, they push it out, they start distributing the approved versions. As I, put, as I, put, as I said in the tweet, RFK Jr. explains the criminally negligent and entirely intentional push to get these injections recommended for children. It's to avoid all liability from the dangerous effects they know people are suffering afterward. Once that happens, they're untouchable. Now, I should, I mean, it's, that seems pretty absolute. I'm sure there's ways that you could prove. The bottom line is it becomes exponent, almost, it becomes next to impossible to actually stop and hold them accountable for what's happening. And that's what he's going to warn you about. That's what he's saying right here. So they're never going to market a vaccine allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PrEP Act and the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them, unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection.
it's just quite alarming to see that we're already there, isn't it? It's very frustrating. Now, where this seems to go from there is the question. What's the next step? How do you stop this from happening now that it's already being moved forward? And you could have asked this question every step of the way. But this is an alarming compilation of events that RFK Jr. warned us about a long time ago. I guess it's just the balls in their court, essentially. And what we need to do, I would argue, is stand up and point out both this, that this is a sidestep of the reality, but the fact that what they're using to justify the recommendation is opinion, politics. The data, the facts, the peer-reviewed science undeniably show you that this is the wrong. I mean, just those two clips alone that they admitted in the meetings for this recommendation are enough to say, at the very least, we should do more research. That's what needs to be pointed out to anybody out there that doesn't understand that. Now, here's another clip just to show you a couple other things where other people have been calling this out as well, even on corporate media, saying we are doing the wrong thing and we know that. Why are you why aren't you standing up? Because a lot of people are afraid. That's interesting. I swear I downloaded that. Let me see if it's loud enough. Okay, pop. No, of course not. Hold on one sec. Now, we played this one already. This one was just an individual who's been outspoken about this on, I think it was, you can see it on there. I think it was, uh, I'll play it in a second, whichever, was it Europe? I don't know. I'm forgetting whatever the weather was. I think it's Canadian. Let's find out. <laughs> the bottom line, it was another person on corporate media that's continuing to, to call this out. And in fact, in a way that's like, look, I'm just tired of this. We are done, right? This is quite clearly the wrong thing. And we all know it. It's time to just stand up and speak that reality. Okay, part it's been frightened by Ofcom regulations, but but mainly the media has been bribed to push these these experimental gene therapies, which which have been uh, uh, rushed out, which haven't been been given proper safety testing, and I find it extraordinary, given that everyone in the country now knows somebody who has suffered vaccine injuries of some kind. I know people who've lost relatives. I know people who've, who've, who've suffered all manner of you know myocarditis and stuff. And two out of three panelists are still de- defending the government's line. Obviously, uh, these people need to be um, compensated for the for the damage that's been done to them by the vaccines that in many cases they were coerced into taking. I had somebody on the podcast the other day, um, a, a guy called Alex Mitchell, who was a 50, he was a 57 year old scaffolder. He was absolutely healthy, uh, no medical problems whatsoever. He had the AstraZeneca vaccines, they're not, they're not even vaccines. Within, within four days, he suffered blood clots and had to go in for emergency surgery the surgical team thought he was going to die. In the end, he, he, he survived just a week later. He had to have a leg amputated. I spoke to him about the vaccine compensation, which is, as you know, you get a maximum of £120,000. Imagine that, for losing your leg, the maximum you can get is £120,000. And he, he told me two particularly shocking things. One is that actually... Uh, he was almost ineligible for the full payment. You've got to have been shown to have suffered 60% um, uh, uh, loss uh, to, to, to qualify for the full amount. Uh, and the second thing was it, he confirmed that nobody has been compensated. I suspect there is a reluctance on the part of the state to pay out because they know that by paying out the, the, these sums, it, it's going to 
uh, crystallise in many people's minds that vaccine injury is a problem and it isn't going to go away. Can I just become very conspiratorial there, James? I mean, you... <laughs> I just absolutely love that. Like, that was her argument, right? Like, you're becoming very conspiratorial, James. She's like, like, that's it. Like, that not that enough? Shouldn't we all laugh and agree and clap? Yay, you got him. Well done. Like, that, these are the kind of people I'm talking about that have been convinced that that is a sound argument. Conspiracy theory. Right, guys? <laughs> How embarrassing. May or may not be going on. You mean you mean the reports of people that are struggling and dying and losing limbs? Yeah, may or may not. By the way, GB is UK, as he pointed out in the chat. Absolutely. Are you just want to dismiss them and ask the government spokeswoman. No, 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 not what it sounds like. And I'm not a government spokesperson, and I've never been accused of that before. A useful idiot, maybe. Gotta love that. Now, here's the next one that I wanted to include in this vein of thought, this vein of this this conversation, where we have a heated exchange between Fauci and Rand Paul, where he's calling out exactly something that should be relevant to this conversation in kind of congressional setting, saying, look, we don't have the studies that show that this makes sense. And it still went forward. Like, you realize this is all happening. It's not just one point. It's not just one study. It is, and not even just this one show. There is an endless amount of information that at the very least challenges that this should have happened at this time. I don't think this should ever happen. I think this is very obviously dangerous. But there's so many factors that make this just enough to say, look, we should do more research. It's just, they just don't care. Dr. Fauci, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The, I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero sure. to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, let's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10. Now, real quickly, think about that compared to what we just talked about. That's admitting exactly what we just said. And it even backs up what they said in that meeting. Well, it has any, anybody, so we're good. But they, those scientists know that's not enough. As even Fauci said before this started, that's not the case. It has to be the right antibodies. So if all they need is a reaction, then this is not about science. This is about an illusion of some sort of process and whatever it's actually doing at all costs. I mean, isn't that incredible? Like, this is the reality. We don't know if this, and again, that and it goes to the second video. There's no correlation between what they're producing and actual protection. It's an assumption being made. And then when they roll this into the new thing with no new safety tests, safety tests, they're, they're, they're making new assumptions that are standing on old assumptions. I mean, that, that is the most unscientific thing I could possibly point out. It looks like our stream is struggling a little bit, of course. No big surprise there. 
10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, no, that, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Senator well, that Paul. is the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not right. an there absurdity. Are, You're already no. at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is yeah. probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. For younger Wholeheartedly disagree. But we'll continue. Folks, there's not. But here's the other yeah. thing. There are some risk factors for, for the vaccine. So the risk of myocarditis with a second dose for adolescent boys, 12 to 24, is about 80 in a million. This is both. And by the way, again, and this is why I hate. I, I mean, these are important for some context, but I, I increasingly feel like these are meant to couch fake information within the, an illusion of an argument. But the bottom line is the cur- when he said this, the current peer reviewed science made it was way worse than that. Something a certain number in every 10,000. I forget what the breakdown was. We, we showed it on the show, guys. It wasn't my opinion. It was peer reviewed science. And yes, you should challenge that with other peer reviewed science. But most of them are finding the same thing as where we're at right now. And the fact that the risk of myocarditis is exponentially larger in general than we thought. And it's not just for young people. And the fact that on top of that, the, the supposed risk from COVID-19 is non-existent. I showed you the peer-reviewed science. They found quite clearly there is no correlation between COVID-19 and myocarditis. It's the normal amount that you would see in any normal population. They, and they, they very clearly just found that in recent peer-reviewed science. So that stuff should be conclu- included, shouldn't it? You know, so you, you give people these, these three-month-ago arguments in the current setting, and they think that's where we are. It's frustrating, but let me continue with this point. From the CDC and from the Israeli study, it's also in the VAERS study, remarkably similar for boys, much higher from boys than girls and much higher than the background. The background's about two per million. So there is risk and there are risks. And you're telling everybody in America just blindly go out there because we made antibodies. So it is not an absurd corollary to say if you have 10. In fact, you probably make antibodies if you get 100 boosters. All right. That's not science. That's conjecture. And we should not be making public policy on it. So, Senator Paul, if I might respond to that, uh, we just heard in his opening statement, uh, ranking member Burr talk about his staff who went to Israel. And if you look at the data from Israel, the boosts, both the third shot boost and the fourth shot boost was associated with a clear cut clinical effect. Shoot, I'm sorry, I have my mic muted. The point is here, guys, that when we first came out with this conversation, boosters in general were fake news, right? Three, four, whatever. Over there in France, they've got six spots on their sheet. Why does that make sense? The point was we knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. And they called you fake news. They censored anybody that pointed it out. And here we are, right? Stepping on five and six right now. And his point there, that it has a clinical response. That's exactly Rand Paul's point. That's the point that should be made. Having a response is not the same thing as an actual correlation with protection. In fact, responses in this case are not created equal. As Ryan Cole and Fauci and plenty of those have pointed out before this. You have the wrong response. It's dangerous. He knows that. He's playing games. Mostly in elderly, the boosts, both the third shot boost and the fourth shot boost, 
was associated with a clear-cut clinical effect, mostly in elderly people, but also as they gathered more data, even in people in the 40s and the 50s. So there is clinical data. But, but not right, for a response. But not we, how do we know that the right antibody? So how do you know that correlates to protection? In fact, they admitted they don't know that. So it's exactly what we were just saying. You see something happen, quick, give it to all the children. That seems ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Not in children. Well, sorry, his point was, but not in children. People right. in the 40s and the 50s. So there is clinical data. But, but not in children. Well, so that gets even crazier, right? So what he's saying is just having a clinical response is not enough to show it's safe or that it even is effective. But on top of that, there's not even that flimsy data for children. Well, see, here's the thing is, you're not willing to be honest with the American people. So, for example, 75% of kids have had the disease. Why is the CDC not including this in the data? You can ask the question. You can do laboratory tests to find out who's had it and who hasn't had the disease. That's assuming that's even what they actually had. But the point is, from within their narrative, the bottom line is that having any having what they claim was COVID and then getting these injections, their own science showed you that that was dangerous right in the beginning. Just, of course, like every other peer-reviewed science that says something they don't like, but just skip right over it. What is the incidence of hospitalization and death for children who have been infected with COVID subsequently going to the hospital or dying? What, what, are, what is the possibility if your kid has had COVID, which is 75% of the country's had COVID, what is the chance that my child's going to the hospital or dying? We'll go over that next. If you look at the number of deaths in pediatrics, Senator, you can see that there are more deaths... Of people who have had it, of people who have had the disease. Uh, Senator, we also know from other studies that the optimal degree of protection when you get infection is to get vaccinated after infection. And in fact, showing reinfection in the era of Omicron and the sublineages that vaccination. But you can't answer the question I asked. The question I ask is how many kids are dying and how many kids are going to the hospital who've already had COVID? The answer may be zero, but you're not even giving us the data because you have so much wanted to protect everybody from all the data because we're not smart enough to look at the data. When you release data earlier, when the CDC released the data, they left out the category of 18 to 49 on whether or not there was a health benefit for, for adults 18 to 49. Why was it left out? When critics finally complained, it was finally included because there was no health benefit from taking a booster between the 18 to 49 and the CDC study. So they hid that from you. 18 to 49, you know, that little small category because they knew that the conspiracy theorists would use it against them. Or you could hear that as they knew that people, discerning adults, would point out that that's crazy and that they hid this from you because it shows that that's not working for those people and they push it for those people anyway. But yeah, you could call them conspiracy theorists if you want. Either way, it's clearly hiding data from you because they don't want you to see what's happening. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. So that the last part's about the royalties. I'm going to skip that just for, you know, the, the, for brevity in general. But it's quite crazy that stuff can be on the record, right? I was laughing at a comment in the chat where it says, uh, Jimmy Dora essentially said, oh, the crazy conspiracy theorists are 5-0 and at this point. Well, yeah, more than 5-0, and and they're not crazy. But if you know that, then why don't you have us on the show? (laughs) Instead of the same people round and round, right? Bring us on so you can say these are the ones that have been right the entire time. Instead of jumping on and saying, 
I'm the only one talking about this, like so many people seem to be doing today. Now, let's jump to the next point, which is very important in regard to the hiding of this information around things that are happening around the world. You know, like gardening, (laughs) standing in the sun, shaking things, you know, sleeping in front of the TV. Oh, super dangerous stuff that ultimately amount to heart disease, cardiac arrest, or at least what they want you to believe. Now, this is exactly how they hide these things, in my opinion. Now, it's, I'm not even trying to suggest that there's not some small correlation here. Or you could say, yes, doing these things can have this effect. Or yes, this soil can be dangerous. But to argue that they're, to have all these weird investigative stories and articles coming out around these inane, arbitrary things that they say can lead to the thing that they're trying to, that they know is happening on a massive scale because of something they put out that's dangerous. Right? Even if there's a correlation, you can see that this is being done in a way that kind of muddies the waters around how, oh, all these other things are causing this too. Just look at the cor- look at the correlation, or rather look at the prevalence of how many things are now focused around whether or not they cause heart problems as of 2021. It exploded. Things on the side of buses that say these can happen to kids. And what's the percentage of that? Very small. But yet we have it on a bus on the side of a bus. Why? Because they want it in your subconscious. Here's a tweet I just put out. While the obvious correlation between injections and heart issues is ignored, you know, the thing they admit can't happen, but super rare. That's what they say. It's not true. But so they admit it can happen. While that's going on, they instead are creating narratives that stop you from doing the very things that might actually help your heart or health or suggesting you wear a mask if you do. Madness. Here's the sun. Green fingers, urgent warning to gardeners as soil, quote, increases risk of killer heart disease. I love as a killer heart disease, as opposed to the not the friendly heart disease. The bottom line is the soil. And you can read the study for you want, if you want to, arguing about something in the stu- in the, the soil that causes some sort of an issue. Now, why not? If you believe, if you want, re- re- skip the Sun article and read the study if you want to understand what you think might actually be a risk, and then come to realize that it's a very minimal small risk in general, and simply having the exercise, growing your own food, being in the sun, outweigh whatever they tell you is happening right there. And the point is, on top of that, if you want to really see the agenda, well, the result of the analysis pushed experts to recommend that people wear a face mask if they're in close contact with the soil. Great. So you're going to wear a mask outside when you don't need it. That's going to restrict your air. That's going to increase your risk of infection. That's going to create other illnesses like all the peer-reviewed science we've shown you definitely finds. But that's okay, though, because of this minimal small thing that we barely think is happening because of the soil. Yeah, don't grow food. Don't go outside. Wear a mask. Weird how that works out, isn't it? My God, here's the article. You want to make sure it's real. It's embarrassing. Here's another one I find utterly ridiculous. Again, not to suggest that there's not something to be considered here, but the fact that this is what they're talking about instead of the waterfall of heart attacks and blood clots that we pretend are just unexplainable. Falling asleep with your TV on could bring early death, study finds, on the 28th of June. Millions of Americans fall asleep each night in front of the TV, which, by the way, is, is bad. Don't do that. But a new study has found the practice could contribute to an early death. But here's another part of it, guys. How about just watching TV is dangerous and bad? (laughs) Falling asleep in front of it is even worse because you're probably being propagandized in your sleep. But the point here is that they're trying to make it about normal habits that most people do. You know, gardening, standing outside. What was the other one we just saw the other day that was ridiculous? I can't even remember. It's just crazy how they're doing this. But, you know, falling asleep in front of your TV. Guess what? According to a study, insulin resistance was more likely to occur in the morning after people slept in the room with the dim lighting, which apparently is not even just TV, right? So they're saying, oh, people that just slept in the room with dim lighting, such as emitted by a TV. Oh, okay. So your taste, so it could be any other number of factors, which happen way more. Like this is basically a lot of people all the time. 
That's the point because you know why? Insulin resistance, whereby cells and muscles, fat and liver don't respond properly to insulin, is commonly associated with type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease, of course, according to the American family position. Right, so it leads to heart disease. What a shocker. So the point is, all these weird little studies and things are coming out because it's being funded. Why is that? Why do we? Why are we worried about some small possibility of TV being on when there's so many real problems that we're going, we're baffled. <laughs> Brain disease and heart attacks and blood clots. We're so confused. But let's study whether or not the TV is dangerous. But let's get into the stuff we already know that we've already seen, such as the fact that all the way back in May 2021, they came out on Newsweek saying the study suggests child hospitalization numbers were inflated. In fact, they found out that they've been inflated by at least 40% everywhere. And then came out with an article after that that said the same thing again. And it keeps going. Those are, we're talking at this time, it was something like three, 400 total. And half of them weren't even real. I argue most of them are a manipulation because the data shows you they're not at risk. Here's one that, of course, was retracted by the editorial team, which means nothing to me. Why are we vaccinating children against COVID? And of course, you know why this is redacted. You can read it for yourself. There's nothing about this that should be redacted. It's simply arguing factual-based, scientific-rooted con- point, uh, discussion points. They're not in danger. They don't require this. They're, you know, and you can re- we went over this in depth on the show. Oh, this is actually the wrong one to show. I'm, I'm trying to get the right one so you can read it. Of course, they redact it and remove it so it's hard to see. The point is that da- the evidence was there. And these scientists are not fringe anti-science conspiracy theorists. They're high-level experts. And they're going, why are we doing this to children? but we just censor them instead, right? Here's, this comes to forward to today. They now claim that 87% of kids hospitalized during the Omicron were unvaccinated. Right, so is that, you know, of the 300 we're talking about or maybe the 200, like the very, 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 very small number compared to what's going on? I'll show you next. The CDC study shows, and this is my point about how they continue to lie about this today. So we can admit they're using manipulation to make it look like it's more. That's happening. Here's another example. The CDC study itself admits analysis based on vaccination status were biased towards the null because partially vaccinated children were grouped with unvaccinated children. Primary reason for admission was not always clear. So we don't even know why we don't. And then on top of that, we we don't. The people that have some injections are people that are being called unvaccinated. That's not sound, even remotely. That means the reason these kids are in the hospital is because they've got injections in their body based on all the other science we've seen. That's my opinion, but you should look into all the data and it'll be clear to you as well. But come to your own conclusions. The CDC study shows they lumped together partially vaccinated with unvaxxed. Anyone with less than three shots and 14 days after is now unvaxxed. This is a scam. Because fully vaccinated means three shots. So if you've got two shots in 13 days, they call you unvaccinated. How in the world do you make that make sense? But here we are, 87% of a very small number. That's how they also trick you. But here's some other corporate articles that are making the same argument throughout this process. Here's the Wall Street Journal, the flimsy evidence behind CDC's push to vaccinate children. This was the point they made before, where they're talking about a total of 335 deaths. This didn't used to be behind a paywall, and this is why. Total. And of them, there was only something like 18 of them. Where was it? I forgot the numbers being blocked, but it was a small number that they could actually prove. And even that you should be disputing. But this is a person from Johns Hopkins that's saying, look, any group I've ever worked with would never run with this kind of assumption, assumptive connection. It's not scientific. That's what the article's talking about on the Wall Street Journal. But here we are. Here's the BBC. From July 2021, 
COVID extreme, children's extremely low risk confirmed by study. But we pretend it's not there. And we move forward with hypotheticals and, and assumptions. So if they're not at risk, why are we doing it? Here's Toronto Sun. Not enough data on kids and COVID vaccines. Canadian expert cautions. They just throw these to the side because that's not what they want. Here is Phil Kirpin pointing out the CDC's central estimate for pediatric COVID deaths through May 2021, nearly two full respiratory seasons, is 332 total out of 26,838,244 total infections, including what they call asymptomatic. The uh, infection fatality rate for kids based on that number is 0.001. That's less than the flu. But even then, guys, 332 deaths, very subjective, especially we talk about the way that they manipulate these things here. But on top of that, that we know that people who have injections in their body are being called and vaccinated. It's a huge caveat to the whole thing. You could have, I mean, when we're talking about this, it's saying, well, in any case, the point was that we're not including vaccination status in the conversation. And of course that matters. Of course that matters. Finally, the Association, the Amer Associative American Physicians and Surgeons points out latest numbers on pediatric COVID mortality by state. This was at the October 2021. It's only, it's exactly the same now, guys, as far as my, the point being that the deaths they're reporting are small, even right now. State, several states still report zero cumulative pediatric deaths from COVID all said and done up until October is the stats we're looking at. But that's from all the way in the beginning of this to October 2021. And many of these states still report zero total cumulative pediatric deaths. But here we are. Fake approvals, recommendations for kids, lying about the data, admitting that we don't even know if this is connected, giving them wrong antibodies, hiding everything else and pushing it on children. I don't even know how somebody could stand here and act like this makes sense. That's all I got today. I think we need to realize that this is a really dangerous situation and we need to stand up and make this known. Shorter show today, hour and 18 minutes. Hopefully this can get some reach, but guys, clip it up, share it out, make it happen. This needs to be talked about. I hope this doesn't get worse, but it's probably going to because it gets darker before the dawn, even in a positive situation, but because they are going to lash out, as we know. They're not just going to go, oh, you got us, you caught us, we're going to stop. It's only going to get intensified, but we need to stand up and make the data clear. We need to dig our feet in, stand your ground, stay the course. It's so incredibly important that we don't just fall back into something else, get distracted by the next illusion, the next foreign policy conversation. It's The great reset is just around the corner, and I think that's where it all seems to be going. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow and where, that all, where this transitions into that. But it is time to stand up, guys. Thank you for all your courage out there and continuing to be here and continuing to fight. As I haven't said for a couple of days, even though the problem is still here, we need your support, guys. The more you can support this platform, the better. Because it's with even with SuperU now being closed, I mean, every day there's some new revenue stream that's being pulled out from under us. I'm not going to stop, but it does limit what we can do. Articles we can fund, you know, there was less from Robert last month because of that. You know, th this is what we're going to see. So the more you can stand up and support us, the better, guys. But as always, even right now, the thing I care about most is sharing the link. Get the information out. 
And if it's within your ability and you want to support this platform, because the only thing that keeps this going is you. We are user funded from top to bottom. Buy me a coffee. Uh, what is it? And I'm blanking on the other ones we have. Subscribe star. You know, these different platforms, locals, Rockfin. These are all places you can donate to us that support free speech. So help us do so because we're going to fight for you regardless of whether you fight for us. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. I see all the people led into deception by the very men bound to care blinded by the promises unknowingly sold despair so leave your herd of sheep and follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends world that you knew has changed around you it's all become a money game it's all become a money game it's all become a money game are you ready for are you ready for are you ready for revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Now it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare to arm your fellow man. Cause it's become destructive to its own ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are you ready for? Are you ready?
ready for? Are you ready for the revolution? The revolution. The revolution's now. It's happening all around you. If you cannot see, you pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare. So arm your fellow man, as they become destructive to their own ends. That you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are they ready for? Are they ready for? Are they ready for? We the people. 